Hello, everyone. I'm Rev Brad, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast from the Touchline. Today, I'm joined by volunteer chaplain Greg Ott. Greg has been on the podcast before. He volunteers with Memphis 901 FC, a team that plays in the USL Championship Division, and he sings the praises of Memphis Barbecue every time he's on the podcast. He always loves to challenge me at disc golf, and it's to be debated who's better. But today, we talk about the team. We talk about a man named Tom Lee and how Greg has become known as the freeze pop chaplain around his club. So don't go anywhere. Greg and I go walking in Memphis right after this. He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post. Almost made him in and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. the corner goes towards the near post and you're the angle and what a goal what a goal hey everyone welcome to the brad podcast <laughs> greg what a great intro what a great opener <laughs> thanks thanks for opening my podcast uh it's actually from the touchline although uh for those of you that have listened to the show now for a while you know my, my kids have been calling it the brad podcast or, or the dad podcast so <laughs> You're funny, Greg. Oh, Greg, this shows that you are a veteran of coming on the Touchline podcast because you're opening the show. I can't get enough, man. Oh, Greg, how have you been? How are I've things been, in Memphis? Uh, oh, they're good. It's heating up here. It's um, it's uh, the season's underway. Um, feeling good now. Memphis in May is a big thing, big deal here. We have the World Championship Barbecue Festival and um all sorts of fun activities so. yeah greg i'm i'm surprised that uh, actually it, it's not that you guys are last in the standings right now of course you are that's not why i'm interviewing you kind of this <laughs> this late into the season so to speak but um after your barbecue comment on our little usl preview uh podcast a number of weeks ago i, th I think some guys took offense I think they did. No, they no one did. wanted to say anything. But whenever they want to host the world championships, let me know. Oh man! But but Memphis. One thing I think, as I listened to that podcast in in review, you failed to mention the Memphis dry rub. Can you share just a little bit about what makes that Memphis dry rub barbecue like? What explain yeah. it? Well, when when Memphis invented real barbecue uh, back in the day, <laughs> you know they. They uh, were able to kind of hang a bunch of meat and cook it, smoke it, and uh, they threw some spices and dry rub on there. Then they'll mop some sauce on there. So with, with a literal mop, if you go down to Rendezvous or something, you can see them doing it. Wow. Uh, wow. But that dry rub is delicious, man. You don't need much else besides that. Now, and when I was in Memphis, did, did we go to Rendezvous? No, we didn't. I think we ended up going to Corky's for barbecue one time and maybe somewhere else. Okay. So we'll yeah. we'll have to make rendezvous. At, yeah. We'll have to rendezvous. Exactly. Rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. folks, the show just gets cheesier the later we go, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, Greg, great to have you back on the podcast. Yeah. And um, what I always love and enjoy uh, from you is a story where you've connected football, the city, uh, faith, and, and some of the different expressions and things uh, – 
that you have. And so uh, I, I think this is particularly true. Uh, the further east you go in the U.S., hmm. there's more history. There's more stories. And you were recently telling me this story about Tom Lee. And I wanted you to share that today with uh, with our listeners. Yeah, I love the story of Memphis. I mean, I, there's just so much woven into it. It's an intriguing city with a beautiful and rich history that seems to kind of hold true today. Um, Memphis hasn't changed too much in character over the years. Uh, we haven't had some sort of big influx of uh, outsiders or out-of-towners like you might see in a Nashville or a Denver even um, that can kind of change the culture. Memphis has kind of held true. And so it's fun to, to find these stories from Memphis culture and history and, uh, and integrate them into the, the identity of Memphis today. One, one is Tom Lee. Like you said, yeah, Tom Lee was um, – he was a 39-year-old African-American river worker, and uh, he was traveling down the Mississippi River one day, and he witnessed this steamboat called the M.E. Norman. Um, it capsized and sank, and uh, people were thrown into the river in the, uh, at a high current. Um, Tom Lee did not know how to swim, but he, uh, he still saw it happen and didn't deliver up any excuses, just said, I got to go help him. So he ended up taking his motorboat out, carrying a few people back to the shore every time. Um, and he worked all the way until dark to rescue 32 people. Uh, it's just an incredible story of selflessness and bravery. It's an incredible story of compassion. Uh, somebody who saw something that needed to be done, didn't make the excuse or take the easy excuse but instead just said, I'm going to help. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to sacrifice and be selfless. And so I think, uh, you know, 2020 was a difficult season for nine and one FC uh, for anyone really. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of what we came out with is, is uh, a need and a determination to serve one another, to sacrifice. And uh, it's, it's cool to see now here in 2021, that idea, that ideal permeate, uh, the whole organization, the whole club, there's a, a sort of a new ethos with a new head coach and um, it's, it's going well. Nobody's above one another. Nobody's above serving. Nobody's above carrying the ball bag. And it's been cool to watch. Mm. Um, so that, that sort of Tom Lee attitude has been uh, permeated through the club. Greg, do you, do you feel like as a chaplain in some ways, you're, you're a bit of a Tom Lee? Yeah, you know that's that's a good way to look. I, at I don't it. want you put. I don't want to put you on a pedestal or, or blow your head up too big. But you know, you got me thinking about one. You know, I, I need to find out this story more. I need to I need to read it more. But but Tom worked the river, but he wasn't necessarily um, on the boat. Yeah, he wasn't on yeah. the boat. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't part of that particular steamer or culture or. Or, or what was going on, but also too, he didn't know how to swim. Mm. I find that an intriguing part of the story, you know, but, but he still didn't let those things limit him and he took the risk. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I wonder how often do you, do you feel that in any way as, as a chaplain, a volunteer chaplain for the club? Yeah. I think that's where God's grace is going to be most powerful in a chaplain is the eyes to see where, where help is needed where compassion is needed. And that could be physical things like uh, chasing after a ball that got kicked into the woods, or it could be um, real things or more real things like <clears throat> seeing when a, a player's demeanor has changed um, or a staff member 
uh, just isn't themselves and um, having the eyes to see and then getting rid of all those excuses and saying, I don't know what's going to cost me, but I'm going to help. Yeah. And we, we may not feel that we've got full on resources yeah. or all the support. It may, it may feel like we're working long into the night. We may be really weary and tired, but um, you know, not to get into that, that cliche story. We, we hear about the starfish story, you know, you know, yeah. that one where the boy's walking and throwing the starfish back in the ocean. But okay. there is that sense of um, we may not be able to rescue all, but we just do what we can. We rescue mm -hmm. who we can. We serve. We, we, we love on who we can. We're as chaplains. We're not always received by everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are some that put up a, a resistance, a, a, a barrier, a wall to us. Um, regardless, it's not an excuse. We keep serving. We keep. We go back. We return one more time for one more trip and just see who who we can save. So yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe the Tom Lee will need to become a new a new chaplain story for us. I, I'm right. always curious yeah. to find find good chaplain stories. Well, yeah. um, Greg, share with us a little bit. Why is Memphis currently uh, sitting at the bottom of of the? You, you guys are in the East. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about more about Memphis, uh, last in the standings of current. Yeah. Yeah. With this redivisioning, it, we're in a, a tough, uh, division for sure. Um, it's going to be a hard season in a lot of ways, but nothing that we can't, uh, prevail. So yeah, we started pretty late and we ended up having only three games under our belt at this point in the season. Um, we have actually won one loss, which is one fewer than the last time I was out in Denver and we played <laughs> disc golf. Uh, I think you racked up two losses. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have one loss, two draws, uh, a couple points, and uh, uh, we, we've been on the road for all three games. We have two more on the road um, before we get our home opener in. And uh, a lot of that was just kind of surrounding Shelby County and the protocols and COVID directives that were coming down making sure that we could get fans into the stadium. I think club ownership just wanted to be able to make sure we could sell tickets and um, not be limited by the, the COVID protocol. So we kind of got a late start on everything and that makes things difficult for sure. It means less training uh, before the first game. It means uh, fewer preseason matches. Um, so these first three have felt in a way kind of like preseason matches, um, kind of getting warmed up, getting tuned up. And um, the team's been impressive, though. It's, it's uh, uh, a group of guys that haven't played together too much. And so gelling and bonding has been incredibly important in the culture. And that goes back to that culture of service and uh, humility, helping one another. Something I've noticed about our team so far this year, I mean, there's obviously players who are exceptionally talented. There's players who have done incredible in their career. There's players that are going to shine for us this season. But so far, we don't have like a superstar. Mm. And that's a good thing. I don't say that in a bad way. We don't have this superstar that's going to take the spotlight. It's going to be a team effort. And, um, you know, that can be a blessing to a team to not have a player who thinks the ball should always be at their feet, but rather that they have a, a culture where everyone wants the ball and everyone thinks they should – serve the ball up to others um, where everyone can work together and it can be much more about that teamwork value. So that's why I'm excited about this season. A lot of young players too, um, hungry to play 
I mean, they, they start, they sub on, they train, and they are just eager to get out there and get after it. That's so much fun to see uh, from that young energy and young talent. So Memphis has a couple academy signings for the first time. Um, a yeah, couple I, of I saw that news. Yeah. yeah. And that's really cool. I'm excited about that. That's, um, that's going to be good for the, the city and good for the club. It really helps promote soccer all the way down through the, the ranks in the county. Greg, it's, it's interesting you mentioned uh, not having uh, you know, a particular superstar necessarily emerging out of, out of your team. And, and if I look back on the teams that I've served um, that have done the best, uh, whether it was Rapids and MLS or even the high school team that, that I've worked with before at Valor Christian, um, the teams that just, it was 11 guys on the field and, and a supporting cast on the sidelines uh, that could step in as needed, when needed. Um, when those 11 are working together, you it seems like you accomplish more. You go yeah. further, you go farther. And it reminds me, I'm going to put in a shameless plug here. So it reminds me of, have, have you seen the Ted Lasso uh, yeah. series yet? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it reminds me of the conversation that coach Lasso has with Jamie Tart, the character, mm -hmm. uh, the striker for AFC Richmond. And uh, he says, you know, Jamie, you're the best player I've ever coached. You're, you're one in a million but you forget that out there you're just one of 11. Yeah. And I think that when, when you have that um, team mentality and, and I think, right, you're, you're, you have a new head coach, as you mentioned, and he's got to build team culture around, um, around some of these things. And, and, and there's a shift, right? There's, there's probably, uh, I, I wonder how many players uh, you have remaining from, from previous seasons, but as, as your coach is building that new team, instilling within them this idea that you're just one of 11, but you're mm -hmm. 11 together working toward this common goal you know, on the field and off the field, you know, as, as you've yeah. mentioned, there's, there's different things that we work into in our story. And uh, so shameless plug here um, next week, folks, I begin four weeks. I'm, I've got a little vacation, some other busyness going on. I will be doing some very short, quick, uh, podcast from the touchline still coming to you, but we'll do some Ted Lasso. We'll look at Ted Lasso and some of the, the episodes. I find these little lessons from Lasso. And so uh, be listening next week for these lessons from Lasso. You'll, you'll notice it's a different podcast because we'll have some different theme music. Yeah. I've gotten permission to, uh, to play the Ted Lasso theme music on the podcast. And so uh, you'll be able to hear that. And, uh, um, you don't have to listen to, to, to me quite so long and you don't have to listen to Greg, uh, bash my disc golf game, which actually, you know, he didn't mention my two herniated discs that uh, were keeping me from, from the winds, but was it really two losses? I, I don't remember it was two, two straight losses. losses. It was as many discs as you have herniated in your back, man, Ted Lasso. That's going to be great. That's going to be awesome. That guy yeah. is just a bundle of positivity. I feel like if everyone had that much positivity, we'd be in a better place. We would be, we would yeah. be, but it's, it's, it's interesting as I watch these, uh, first I, I watched the show and it's quite fun because being around football culture, as long as I have, I, yeah. I was telling my wife as she watched it with me, like, yeah, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, the locker room is 
yeah, it's like that. And mm-hmm. um, there's some crassness, some crudeness uh, to the show, but uh, none of it is a stretch from what you would experience in in a football environment, from in a soccer environment. And um, but to see Ted Lasso come in with a uh, almost a pure heart uh, has been it's interesting to watch. You know what what does a pure heart do in a toxic culture? What does a pure heart do? In a, in a frustrated culture um, uh, with with a goal towards winning, but but mm. to winning more than a game. Mm. And I think that I don't want to give away too much in case you haven't set, seen Ted Lasso. I think season two is coming out here shortly. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, so a little shameless plug there and a little, little rabbit trail to go That'd into. Cool. Yeah. Greg, you mentioned uh, Memphis sitting in a sort of different conference alignment. Um, as I look at at the standings right now, and I see some of the teams, uh, what what teams for you kind of represent the biggest challenge for Memphis? Maybe they're rivals. Maybe there's a developing a, a bit of a, a rivalry with some of these teams. For you, wh- what do you see as a chaplain? Uh, yeah, I mean. It's it's always uh, fun to see the team get excited about a rivalry uh, match, and um, with this new realignment, we're in the central, and so we have Birmingham is probably our number one rival, um, and uh, they're a strong team. They've been a strong team the last couple seasons as well, um, but it's always a tight game, always a fun time to play them, always an exciting atmosphere against them, and so with this realignment too. That means we get four matches against them um, this season, two home, two away. And it's going to be the same way with everyone in this conference um, or in this division, this conference. So Birmingham is one, obviously. Uh, Louisville is kind of another regional one. Um, Even Atlanta seems to be getting uh, tense and chippy out there when they play. And so those rivalries are developing nicely. Some really strong teams in this, in this division. So it's going to be tough, but uh yeah, we're excited about it. Getting to play them that many times. Yeah, looking down this list, you've you've got some teams that have a uh, good history in USL. You've got some teams that uh, they are the second team for yeah. uh, for the MLS side, and so uh, they're going to be sending quality players uh, to those teams to rehab, to play, to get minutes. And so, yeah, you guys are in a challenging division for sure. So. Um, realistically, what, what do you think's a, a good goal for, uh, for Memphis 901 FC this year? Is it get above the playoff line and, and get in the playoffs? Is that just a, is that a, a decent goal achievement for, uh, f- for this year? Yeah. I mean, that's been the goal the last couple seasons and, uh, we've gotten close to that playoff line. I think, uh, playoffs would be good. It feels in a lot of ways like a, a restart on the team. Um, you know, our inaugural season was two seasons ago and, uh, this season kind of has the same feel. We only had, um, four or five guys return to the roster, um, from the previous season. So it's a fresh rebuild of a team. It's a new coach, um, kind of a new culture. And so it it feels again, like an inaugural season. So with that in mind, um, it is going to take some time to, to build up that roster and build up that culture. Um, the fan base is still there and eager to get back to AutoZone Park and uh, scream and yell for them. So I think uh, playoffs would be a huge accomplishment. Um, and it's something we probably could expect from this team and, and the uh, mentality and teamwork 
um, of this group of guys. Greg, uh, you said that, uh, you know, five, five road games to start the season and then, and then you get the home opener. Uh, I know Memphis took, uh, you know, USL championship, the division two, they had a, a window of time that, that a team could start the season just to, uh, to give, you know, way for different COVID emergence and, and all that yeah. stuff. But um, how has the, the season shift and maybe the ambiguity of starting the season? And, and um, I, I forget if they've shortened the season by a number of games uh, just to fit it all in. But how have these things kind of affected the team? Yeah, I mean, like I said, they haven't been playing together long. Um, when Memphis 901 decided it was time to get into the into the signings and recruiting uh, area, there are other teams that already had a preseason match mm. under their belt. Um, and so it's just kind of some some uncertainty surrounding COVID, um, some uncertainty surrounding the club. Um, and now they're all in, they're ready to go, but it was a late start. So I think a lot of that <clears throat> um, that quick start to the season. Um, that can take a toll on players. They're trying to figure themselves out and figure the team out real fast. And that can yeah. be tough, but as well, there's this added uh, piece of, you know, they, they started training somewhere in mid March uh, perhaps. And, uh, and they'll, they'll end the season somewhere in October, November. And so with a shortened season, uh, a lot of our players are coming from overseas mm. or other areas of the country. And with that short time, um, they're not bringing their families. It's, it's a lot of paperwork to get together um, to get the kids and the wife here or um, whoever it is. And uh, so th they're here by themselves. Um, they're in Memphis by themselves. We have one or two players that have some Memphis roots but that's it. Everyone else is here uh, without family. And I don't think people realize the toll that takes on professional athletes sometimes um, with a shortened season like this. So th they, they, they just kind of grind day in day out and uh, catch up with their family on FaceTime. That's all they can do. That's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big deal. I think about my family. I think about being away from them for a week at a time or trips that I've gone on uh, or other things I've done. And that's tough. You know it, Brad. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough to think about the wife and the kids back home. We have one player who left his wife and four kids in, in France uh, to come play this season in Memphis. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he serves his family and represents his family in that way, and he does it well. But it's tough to do that. Yeah, a challenge. And, and what, uh, I mean, maybe this, this leans more into the Tom Lee story is just, yeah. you know, there's opportunity where maybe someone's, struggling they're they're struggling to keep their head afloat they're uh to, to stay afloat in in the midst of the waters that they they find themselves in and yeah um at least my experience in usl has been that a, a lot of people are uh trying to to earn that paycheck they're either trying to make the jump up or they've they've been knocked down from the the higher level of football and so um, and this is all they could find, or, or this was uh, just really the only opportunity. And the income isn't as much as maybe what they're accustomed to. And so their families are having to, to adjust and shift. And um, it, it is a challenge. One, one of the players I know, a former Rapid guy that's playing in USL Championship, um, is without his family because they can't get a, a, the COVID paperwork, the vaccination yeah. paperwork done. And 
And so who knows when his family can join him. And it and it shifts and changes the dynamic, I think, for a lot of a lot of people. It it is an opportunity as as a chaplain and for serving. There's an opportunity to show hospitality, to welcome people into your home, to mm-hmm. have a meal, have a coffee. But again, too, some of the COVID regulations have meant yeah. as chaplains we're serving at a distance. So yeah. Uh, hopefully, some of those things can can shift and change, but but certainly, yeah. Greg, there's there's a big need there, isn't there? Yeah, there's that's another tough part of it. Is there's still uh, leagues are still being cautious and careful, um, as well. Maybe they should, and making sure that um, these leagues keep going and aren't a cause for spreading COVID. But that means they still have some strict regulations and protocols in place. That means the loneliness factor uh, is increased y- even more. Um, they move away from family and they're not going to go out and find a, a group of friends to hang out with. Uh, they're not allowed to at this point. Yeah. They got the team and that's all they get to do and talk about. And so I think a chaplaincy is good for being able to step in in ways and, and say, uh, I know you, I know the team, I know the city, but we don't have to talk about football if you don't want to <laughs> yeah. um, because you're going to offer them something uh, besides the team to interact with at that time. So. Greg, you have uh, you, you shared with me a story recently about one of the creative ways that you've you've served your club, and uh, you have become known as the freezer pop guy. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I think maybe you will get the dubious honor of being the first uh, freezer pop chaplain for Soccer Chaplains United. But uh, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe we can come up with a little award for you, a little glass trophy or something. And <laughs> oh, but but share more about pop. the the freezer pops that you yeah. have uh, supplied to the to the team from time to time, and and kind of how that that what that's looked like. Man, who doesn't like freeze pops, right? I mean, uh, so Memphis gets pretty darn hot, pretty darn humid, especially in like July and August. It's when the season is getting long, the grind is getting real. And so in Memphis, man, trainings happen. They move them earlier in the day to try and miss the heat of the day, but still they're getting out training at 11, and it's already real feel, you know, heat index of a hundred plus degrees and mm. the humidity is so thick they're swimming at the end of training. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's just been some ways I've tried to step in and mitigate that. Um, I think, uh, any way we can, uh, serve the team in that way. So the USL is a great, um, level for that. Uh, they don't have quite the resources of an MLS club. Um, they don't have quite the, the, the personnel, um, and supplies and, and budget. And so I get to kind of step in. And so thankfully, because of the generosity of my supporters, um, I've been able to provide a couple things a couple seasons ago, just sitting on the benches um, where they trained, sitting on the bleachers where they trained and changing their footwear or getting a break, or if they're injured and sitting in the sun, it was brutal. So I, I, I bought a couple canopies, portable canopies and just set them up at trainings for them, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere they could get out of the sun for a bit. Uh, and then, yeah, then I started bringing some freeze pops. My buddy, uh, is, uh, he's in sales and he works in industrial safety equipment and they have these, um, scientifically backed electrolyte freeze pops called squinchers. Uh, this podcast is not sponsored by squinchers, but if, <laughs> thanks uh, for mentioning that. Want, maybe we can be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> product placement here. Yeah. Uh, but squinchers has a, uh, a, a cool product called squincher squeeze. They got freeze pops, three ounces. Um, 
with uh, with some electrolytes in them, high on potassium. Man, sell it, Greg. Sell it. So it's it's perfect. You know, when you're when you're sick of drinking Gatorade after training and you want something to cool your body from the inside out. So what I did is I I I got some from my my friend and uh, he had a sample case left over. And so I took them one time after training. I asked the the coach, said, Would this be okay? He said, bring them. And uh, guys were skeptical at first, not sure how to respond. A few guys took some, and then uh, the next time I went, I brought them and Within a few more times, it was like expected, man. If I showed up to training and I didn't have a cooler in hand, I was in trouble. I got yeah. some looks, you know, so, but it's, it's a great way to interact with them. It's a great way to serve them, step in, find a way to help um, where they need it. You know, it's a good point of interaction, favorite flavors. You get to know the guys who like two after training yeah. and, um, and the guys who like the, the mixed berry or the, the cherry. I don't know. That, uh, that's Fun. It's funny. It's funny that you say too, because back in the day, you know, I've, I've served the Rapids for now 20 years and it used to be that where USL is now, it used yeah. to be where MLS was. Yeah. And I would take guys to Chipotle for a burrito and I would say, Hey man, get whatever you want. Yeah. And I had a guy, he would always order two burritos and <laughs> I was like, where is this guy putting these burritos? Yeah, and I yeah. thought, oh, maybe he'll order one for lunch and he'll save one for dinner. No, he'd eat both right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. This guy is consuming Hungry. calories. Yeah. yeah it's a good was, way to step in and serve, though. Like, yeah. Oh. Get whatever you want, you know. Um, yeah. That's a fun way to do it. And USL, I think, you know, that, that level right now is uh, eager for that way of stepping in and good for that. So I am so happy and blessed to serve in that way. Uh, and th- this season, I uh, was introduced to the team by the coach, and he um, I wasn't planning on bringing freeze pops. Uh, I didn't have any more sample cases. So, uh, yeah, but the coach introduced me and said, you'll see him around on game days. You'll see him around at trainings. He'll bring freeze pops after summer trainings. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm there bringing you go. freeze pops. I got got to go get me some cases. Signed you up. Signed yeah. you up. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun way to, to serve. Yeah. And it's, and it's a simple way, right? I mean, as chaplains, as chaplains, our our duty is to see the need, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, uh, and especially the spiritual needs and to, and to just try and address those things. Um, I always, I always wonder what Jesus would say out of, out of Matthew. What is is it? 26. Um, Yeah. You, you saw me uh, Mm. tired and thirsty and in Memphis and you gave me a freeze pop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. And electrolyte uh, freeze pop. An electrolyte freeze pop. Uh, I, I think um, there's a lot of those little ways that kind of get overlooked. The, cl- the club's going to take care of their players, but they're going to do it in big ways and good ways and, and ways that are helpful. But sometimes it's the little details, uh, the little tiny ways of serving that I can step in with. I, I uh, was able to hand out. Um, a bunch of welcome to Memphis bags uh, to the team a couple weeks ago. And so gave each one. Um, I got this idea from Jubal uh, who did this. Yeah, and so yeah. I got some ideas from him, but I put things in there like a, a crossword or a word search booklet, Sudoku booklets yeah. from the dollar store for a buck. Put that in there with a pen because I know they have with this new realignment, most games are bus trips this season. Okay. Um, so I know they got long hours on the bus and, uh, guys have expressed to me already how much they enjoy those. And I'm like, it's a dollar, it's a dollar, a dollar tree, you know? Yeah. 
be able to step in and serve and help in that way is fun. Yeah. It opens up, like you said, the other ways that we can serve, um, whether it's spiritual or mental or uh, psychological. And so being able to serve in those little ways, I think God opens doors for us to help in bigger ways. So, Greg, Memphis 901 and Steve plays Indy 11 this weekend. Uh, is that a bus trip or, or a flight? That'll be a bus trip. It's about okay. six or seven hours. I think that's pretty much their max is uh, anything under eight hours. It's um, I think they're putting them on a bus. I'm pretty sure um, it might change. but So that's most games, um, Oklahoma City and uh, Tulsa, and Indianapolis, Louisville, Birmingham, Atlanta, all them are, are just within a bus trip. Okay. Um, Okay. So it's a long one, especially after the game. The game ends at nine. They're on a bus at ten, and they bus them all the way back in. Um, yeah. So that's a yeah. that's a difficult road to grind, especially yeah. um, Indy Eleven sits second in the standings right now, and uh, yeah. typically have been a strong side. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, any any predictions for the weekend match? Yeah, I mean Indy is, is has always been a tough uh, side to play. Um, they they're very well organized. Um, very clinical in their approach, it seems. And uh, yeah, they've had success so far this season. The thing is Memphis has uh, not found their, their first win, mm. and that's not a, a reason to doubt them this weekend. I really think they are hungry. Getting and hungry. we, had, we yeah. had a win turned into a draw in the 92nd, 93rd minute a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, a draw that was hard fought, and we had many, many chances this past weekend. I'm telling you, the team is hungry and looking for it. They're going to come out firing against Indy, and uh, I'd be nervous if I were Indy. I wouldn't go into this weekend confident, even though they're sitting near the top and Memphis is sitting near the bottom. Uh, we got a very eager team. Nice, nice. Well, Greg, yeah. with that in mind, would you say a prayer and a blessing for Memphis for the weekend match and uh, and the travel that's involved and then just for the season at large and then – Maybe later on this season, we'll look forward to a freezer pop update. Yeah, okay. That and maybe, good. maybe we'll be sponsored by Squinchers by that Hopefully, point. Hopefully, we'll yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, Squinchers, make sure. Yeah, all right. Would you pray for us, Greg? Yeah, let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the way that you sent your son uh, when we could not reach you. Um, your son came to us and uh, emptied himself took on the form of a servant. And we are taught uh, that that humility is the way to joy, that that humility is the way to exaltation because we've seen it in Christ. But that humility also sometimes requires a cross and sacrifice. So we thank you for this example of service and the way that brings us your grace and forgiveness. But we also timidly ask you that we can also be your servants and be servants in this world that you would give us humility. And so I think now about the, the club and the organization of Memphis 901 FC, mm-hmm. that you would infuse them with a humility that finds its way to joy and a sacrifice that finds its way to exaltation, that you would infuse that club with your grace and that they would see that the way of Christ, the way of service is a way of love and unity and, um, and that they would find joy in it together. Father, I pray for all the travel this season for 9-1 FC. I pray that you would keep them safe, that they would use their time wisely. Yes. Father, that uh, they would use their time to bond to one another mm. and see humanity 
uh, in one another. Father, I pray for these players and staff, as many of them are away from family. And I pray that you would uh, comfort them with your presence and with the presence of others who can physically step in to their lives. I pray that you would guard their families, bless their families during this time. And Father, I pray that you would give them peace, knowing that you are in control and that when they are physically distant from their family, that you are extremely close and, uh, and guarding them, guiding them. So Father, I pray that you would bless 901FC, bless the city of Memphis, and bless the chaplains across this country in this game of football that we love and that you've gifted us with. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, hey, everyone. You've been listening to Red Brad and uh, Greg Ott. Coming to you from the touchline. On this Squencher's Brad podcast. (laughs) Take care, everybody.